0: Hi, everyone. It's Amy Newmark. I'm trying to practice what I preach about work-life balance, so I'm pleased to share some of my favorite episodes with you from last summer. I'll be back in early August with new episodes.
1: Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with editor in chief, Amy
0: Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday. And today I am so pleased to introduce you to Georgia Schaefer, who is one of my absolute favorite Chicken Soup for the Soul writers and has been for years because she is someone who really changed my life with one of her stories. Georgia is an author, a professional speaker, She's a life coach, and she's a licensed psychologist in Pennsylvania, and she has so many books out, including one with a great title, Taking Out Your Emotional Trash, which we should talk about later. She speaks in front of groups all of the time, and one of the really interesting things about her was that over 25 years ago, she was given a 2% chance of being alive in 10 years after her second round of breast cancer. And her son was only eight years old at that time, and she had a 2% chance of seeing him graduate from high school. And I'm happy to report that she saw him graduate from high school, from college, and she danced with him at his wedding. So Georgia, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Welcome.
1: Oh, it's great to be here.
0: So you had a really big impact on me with the story that you wrote for our book called Chicken soup for the soul, hope and healing for your breast cancer journey. Do you want to talk about that story? I know that you know the one I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Well, it was at a time when life was out of control, overwhelming. Uh, I was very weak physically and emotionally. My son said years later, "Mom, you were a ghost in a shell." And it was during that time, as I wrote about chicken soup for the soul that I had this really negative encounter with a, quote, friend. At that point, it was during a regular treatment, and I got so sick for... Mm. And I realized, first of all, when you're facing an overwhelming situation, the emotions are intense. You remember everything so vividly. But that experience with her, made me realize that we too easily discount the cost of negative relationships. People bring us energy and some people take it away. Rarely is it neutral. I realized the price I was paying for that relationship. I'm not talking about family member. I'm talking about a friend.
0: In your story, you said that she was a friend and she drove you to one of your chemo treatments. And instead of being supportive, All she did was talk about people who she knew who had negative outcomes from cancer, and it was such a downer for you. And you didn't need negative energy in your life when you were in the battle against cancer.
1: Well, and I specifically said to her, I don't want to hear any cancer stories. At one point, I interrupted her. And then again, like you said, it was all these horrible cancer stories that did not end well. And I kept thinking, why does she think I want to hear this?
0: I loved this. You said, maybe this is like a Bible thing, and I'm just not familiar with it, but you said basically that you view your life as a garden, and by having this negative person in your life, it was like having weeds in your garden, and she was robbing the good vegetation, the flowers, of sunlight and water and nutrients, and you needed to weed the garden of your life and get rid of the people who didn't add value to your life and, in fact, detracted from your life.
1: Yeah, I'm a gardener, so I many times put things in garden terms. And that's where I pulled out that context of it. I realized, like a weed that just steals all the vital nutrients, she was stealing the things I needed, the resources. When I had so little, I was struggling to survive.
0: So that story, I I guess I feel like I was an idiot, really. But until I read your story, it had never occurred to me That you actually get to choose your friends, and that if a friend isn't working for you, you don't have an obligation to keep that friend forever. You could, in a kind way, shed that friend, either dramatically reduce your exposure to that friend or just completely get out of the relationship. And so I started doing that. And I don't have any friends who don't add value to my life now. Everybody in my life is great. And I really owe it all to you. And then I took your story and I published it again in what I called our Reader's Choice book, which was stories that have had the most impact on our readers. And so that was the story that I put in the book. And then I also talked about your story again in my Simply Happy book. So we've used that story three times in our books now. And I have to tell you something, Georgia. The women who read my Simply Happy book and come and report to me on how it affected them, The number one story in the book that they talk about is your story about how you actually can shed friends who aren't working for you and how you get to choose your friends.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And like you said, you felt like an idiot. You're not an idiot. I had to come to the same conclusion. And I don't think we talk about that. I was told to be kind to everybody. So the idea that in my inner circle, my friends that I would be very careful with who I bring into that inner circle. Nobody ever talked about it.
0: Yeah, and you know what people say to me is, how do you get toxic people out of your life? What advice would you give to our listeners?
1: Well, there's a couple options. And and when, while you're considering that, I personally, you said you don't have anybody now in your circle of friends I go to the people who I've learned over time are safe and I can trust. And if I have a relationship that I'm evaluating, considering, I like to talk it through with a friend that I know has wisdom that will give me wise counsel. People can give you all kinds of counsel. But sometimes as I talk it through, I realize this particular person is only in my life for a season. And the season's over for whatever reason. And it's time to distance myself. Sometimes, you know, you just minimize your interactions. You create a physical difference depending on what it is. But you need to gradually distance yourself. If it's something you're uncomfortable with, you don't have to do it overnight. Just take one step at a time um, towards minimizing those interactions. Every now and then, this is a person who really... And, and here's the problem. Most of these people we're talking about, there's good things in them. But it's the negative that's, that's robbing us. And so maybe sometimes there's enough of good and energy and positive interactions that you need to sit down and talk to with them. But that's not for everyone. If somebody's unstable or angry... I would not recommend it. So those are two options you consider.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I've learned from your story and from other stories from people who have cancer or have had cancer is the tremendous clarity that you get when you're going through cancer. It really focuses you, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Not only do you readjust your priorities, but you learn to live with uncertainty at a whole new level. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, but, you know, people often readjust their priorities after some traumatic event. But that, if you check in with them four years, five years later, are they still living intentionally? And many times the answer is no.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know. I thought that it might cause some permanent positive changes, that clarity that comes from cancer. I was wondering if some of the clarity that you got from cancer helped you in writing Your book, which fascinates me, which is called Taking Out Your Emotional Trash.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, when I was answering, you know, coming to that point, wow, my life's uncertain. And I will tell you, four years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So, again, I was realizing living, you know, life's uncertain, but I'm doing really well. Uh, But, yeah. Absolutely. What gives me a sense of meaning and purpose? There was a lot of things I was carrying around, be it unrealistic expectations, um, unforgiveness against my mother for years that I didn't even realize I had till she was put in a, a place where I had to nurture her. So yeah, those things we carried around and they weigh us down. And then we're not living life to the fullest because we're so loaded down and burdened.
0: You know, you mentioned forgiveness, and I always view a lack of forgiveness and all those resentments that we carry with us. I, I visualize this big, heavy cloak that's over our shoulders that's weighing us down. And all those resentments and lack of forgiveness items are on that cloak. And if we can just shrug our shoulders and shed that cloak, we can move forward unencumbered. Is forgiveness one of the things that you really learned from going through your cancer journeys?
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I realized I was carrying some resentments. I didn't, they had become a part of me. I didn't even realize it, that I was carrying them. And like that cloak, that heavy cloak, when I finally took them off and realized how unburdened I was, it was like, wow, why didn't I do that before?
0: So tell me about this book, Taking Out Your Emotional Trash. Give me the elevator pitch for this book so our listeners can think about possibly getting this book. And when did it come out, by the way?
1: Um, It came out several years ago, but I use the analogy of physical trash, just like we take our physical trash each week or we recycle some or we compost some or we just simply throw some things in the trash. There are some emotions that we can recycle, like anger, there's some we can compose, compost, like deep sadness. And uh, there's some that simply need, like you were talking about, to go in the trash. But sometimes what we do is we put them out in the trash, and then we go out and get them again. So we got to eliminate them. So it's about uh, reducing the destructive anxiety and fear and guilt, eliminating those toxic emotions so we can experience greater connections in our closest
0: relationships. So in addition to shedding toxic friends, finding forgiveness, what would your third lesson be that you learned through the clarity of going through cancer? Uh,
1: I was dealing with a lot of unrealistic expectations and holding them too tightly and uh, it was realizing those things I was holding so tightly. It's nothing wrong, for example, of wanting a relationship to go in a certain way. But when you're holding it so tightly and that becomes more important to you than the relationship itself, that is that needs to be looked at. And so it was living with that tension of here's what I would like to happen, but here's the reality. And I'm going to hold it with an open hand.
0: That is a great piece of advice. So Georgia, thank you so much for joining us today on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. It it was really great to have you.
1: Oh, it was great being here. Thank you.
0: So to all of our listeners out there, I think my three takeaways from today from Georgia Schaefer are that you do have the right to shed those toxic friends. You do need to find forgiveness because the lack of forgiveness hurts you more than it hurts anybody else. And you need to shed unrealistic expectations because it's never going to happen. So you got to let go of that too. Thank you all for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. And I'll actually be posting a new podcast on Monday, even though I usually take holidays off. But I think of Labor Day as a kind of second New Year's Day each year. So I'm going to be talking on Monday about a resolution that you can make now instead of waiting till January 1st. And it's a resolution that will help you with your marriage or any other kind of relationship that you're in.